All right. Hey, Sugar Fiends. I am, as always, Jamie Love. And on the eve of E3, I am joined by the fabulous Sean Hatton. Hello. Who has graciously come to uh, help me meander through all the E3-ness that's about to ensue. Yeah, there's a lot to get through, huh? Oh, there is. Starting tonight, as you mentioned to me earlier when we were talking, Konami's got their pre-E3 event tonight. Yes, mysteriously at something like 10.30 Pacific time, which is... I know, right? One thirty here. I don't know. I'm too old for that. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm just going to wake up tomorrow and be born into a new world. Well, they got a lot to talk about, right? I mean, last year, I actually, um, they took us down to Toronto. You would have been at E3 already, I think. Oh, that's right. And uh, they had the they had an actual gathering where they just showed us the video. <laughs> <laughs> it was still a good night. There was coffee, so that's good. the The one thing that you want to have at an event. It wasn't late at night, though, was it? No, no. That's what was so weird. Um, it was seven thirty at night or something. Uh, but this year they've got an exclusive deal worked out with uh, game trailers, et cetera, et cetera. So they have the first rights to show everything tonight. I see. I'll... Which is why we're actually all waiting. <laughs> Patiently. I'm hoping actually for those guys that will see something about Contra, but I know that hope will probably not uh, come to fruition. Well, you know, last year they gave us that giant C at the end. Yeah. And gone the whole year without anything. So, I mean, they kind of owe us unless they feel that they can't top Hardcore Uprising, which I would understand. Which a lot of people who liked Contra didn't really like Hardcore Uprising, which I thought was uh, really sad. Yeah, I don't know. I think of a lot of people that don't like things actually sat down and played things that they maybe would change their mind. I would hope, because it's an awesome game, and um, man, I like that game. <laughs> <laughs> or even on the, ups, on the flip side of that, if people who liked things actually sat down and played them, they'd realize that they shouldn't like them. There, there is. <laughs> Speaking of things people may or may not like, Konami will most certainly be showing something of Metal Gear Revengeance. Right. Um, Metal Gear so... made up words, as I like to call it. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, you know, we haven't really seen anything of it, so there's only so much we can talk about. But I mean, normally I'm always going with the platinum title. I always. Um, I feel hesitant at first because they don't show good things to start, and then it works out somehow. Right. Um, but, you know, what we saw uh, would have been back during the video game awards before Christmas looked like a lot of stuff running in like the existing Bayonetta Vanquish engine. I ha I would have to agree with that. Yeah, it definitely looked that way. Um, and I, I, yeah, so, I mean, which could still be okay. It's just that it, you know, it's a far jump from what everybody was probably hoping for when the Fox engine stuff was showed back in 09. Can you believe that? seems like a very long time ago now. <laughs> I was there for my first year covering it for you. That's right. And Hideo came on stage and they showed Metal Gear Rising at that point. It didn't have the silly edit name. Wow, that was a long time ago. Yeah, where you could slice watermelons and we're like, what the hell is this? You know, right? You could slice everything. But I guess we have Fruit Ninja to balance that out. Yeah, maybe that's why the game's been in the oven for so long. Like, Fruit Ninja came out in the meantime. <laughs> Fruit Ninja actually just turned two years old. I can't believe it. Time's flying. It's funny, because I was thinking that um, back in 2009, digital download titles were like a new thing. Right. And I remember, I remember Microsoft sitting us down and going, okay, you're going to be able to download full retail games at home. Dig that. And the guy was trying to like blow my mind, right? And now it's like the most normal thing in the world. 
And I would say like what, 60 to 70% of what I'm going to see, or what we're all going to see next week is probably going to be digital. Yeah, that, that is true. But uh, one thing I'd like to see with digital games is a little bit of advance notice that they're coming out instead of, <laughs> hey, this game just came out two days ago. Or we forgot to say anything about it. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. I could think of so many games that um, Ubisoft was bad for that. With like, you know, they'd have these great games like Outland, and they just wouldn't mention them when they launched. Oh man! I mean, it didn't help that the PlayStation Network was down for quite a while. But yeah, I don't know. There's something about the marketing of these titles just still defies people. Yeah, I think it's because they need to spend a lot of time in QA and make sure that the game will be actually. Um, available to be downloaded that day i don't know got to do all sorts of crazy tests and i think that's why we don't see more instances of like day and date uh downloadable game and disc game in the store although we do see that with the vita which is good right i don't know if my download caps can take downloading these five gig games though man Man, I asked them in, in 09, I was like, well, you know, what about bandwidth restrictions? And because we were in America, they didn't know what the hell I was talking about. Right. <laughs> but yes, I don't know. I mean, I, geez, I downloaded House of the Dead 4, which is just an arcade port, right? And it was like three and a half to four gigs. Yeah. Like, even think about demos. Like, I remember the, the Catherine demo being huge. And it's like, if the demo's going to be that huge, I may as well just go buy the game. Because right. I could go to the store and pick it up and be home and be playing it before the demo finishes downloading. So so, so what do you think of Nintendo, you know, and the possibility, you know, downloading full retail titles to your 3DS? Because that's going to suck up the bandwidth. Yeah, and it's probably going to suck up the space on your 3DS as well, unless you keep swapping out SD cards, right? So. Yeah. I mean, the option's always there, but I'm pretty lazy about swapping memory cards. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I, I There's something to be said about getting a, uh, a physical copy of a Nintendo game, especially a Nintendo game, and opening it up and playing it. You know, it's uh, it's a little bit of a nostalgic feeling for me. But uh, yeah, we probably have some Nintendo stuff to talk about. But I did want to get back to Konami. And as of the recording of this, there is uh, talk that they will be revealing something for Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2, which I don't know how I feel about that. Because if you think of Castlevania, this is a game series that actually helped... Uh, define a genre and there's actually a genre named after it in Metroid you know Metroidvania right. and then you've got this Castlevania game that came out a few years ago Lords of Shadow which is nothing like a Castlevania game it's just like Castlevania God of War and you know it was very polished and it had Patrick Stewart talking <laughs> it did. Uh, but really like that as a sequel I, I just didn't see them wanting to do that like did it really do that well um, I mean, it was people, a lot of people I talked to really loved the game. Yeah. And it was just a question of, well, this really probably didn't need to have the Castlevania brand on it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, and I, I'm sure a lot of people, given the choice, would love to see, and maybe we will see, I mean, you never know, a Castlevania game on the 3DS more in the Metroidvania, because it's been a while. Yeah. Last one was um, Ecclesia, and that was back in 08, so... Damn, that's a long time ago. Definitely. Now, when you think about games like old school 2D games, I think they're done really well on the 3DS, especially when they're just uh, like the pixel art. Things like Mutant Muds look fantastic. Right. Uh, v, 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 
or yeah. v or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yes. That looks great um, as well on there. Uh, yeah, Mighty Switch Force um, is a spectacular looking game. Like, yeah, yeah. It was a really great venue for WayForward's art style. And then also the Vita has also been great for 2D platforming as well, surprisingly. So I think that's where we'll see a lot of uh, these retro style games being really well, I mean, the Vita's got to pick up a lot of steam at this show, right? Because it, it's really trailed off. You do you think so? Because they just what they just released Resistance, and right. Well, I guess it depends what kind of gamer you are. I mean, I'm waiting for Gravity Rush, right? Yeah. So that's what June twelfth. That's coming soon. Yeah. Um. I think I don't know. It's the same thing as Nintendo, where you know it was like, where are the games? Where are the games? And even now, Nintendo is still there. Hasn't been the the same flood that you would have seen on. Well, you know, the DS or uh, if you think of the Wii as just as a system, I mean, everyone wanted to get a game on that thing. And the 3DS, even though it has turned around to sell really well, you, you haven't seen that flood of titles. Yeah, well, we've seen a lot of big uh, first person stuff from Nintendo, I would say, for the 3DS. But as far as other classic franchises, like where is the old school 2D Mega Man on the 3DS where the right. backgrounds are actually set in the background. Like, wouldn't that be cool? Like a Mega Man collection? That would be amazing. Man. And even um, some of the stuff, you know, Nintendo's launch titles, like the original titles they talked about when they first showed us that system, we're still waiting on some of those because we haven't seen Paper Mario. Man, we're still really waiting for Project Hammer, though, aren't we? <laughs> we're all waiting. And maybe Sadness. I would like to see Sadness uh... on the 3DS. <laughs> So yeah, I don't know. Um, I know you really like the Vita. I do. So um, I'm sure you're looking forward to them announcing just a ton of stuff. But there is some good stuff. I saw that uh, our own uh, drink boxes, Guacamelee, is going to come to PSN and Vita. That's right. I'm pretty excited for that. I had a chance to play it, actually. Um, it was just a really early build, and they only had about one section complete. But it felt really cool, you know? Did you Did you get the transform into the chicken? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh. <laughs> they show you that pretty early on. I think that's, uh, it, it's really funny. It, it is, of course, a Metroidvania game, so it borrows a lot from both those uh, franchises. And, of course, for people who aren't familiar with Guacamelee, you're definitely familiar with Metroid and Samus's Morph Ball. So in Guacamelee, they, the equivalent to the Morph Ball is you you morph into a chicken <laughs> and then you could go into these areas that you couldn't go into as a big muscle bound luchador. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. You know, people always say that, that, you know, it's all oh, this is just going to be another Metroidvania game, but so few games that claim to be one actually turn out to be one. Mm -hmm. um, I remember uh, we had aliens on the DS last year and it was not a Metroidvania game. Because it was all very linear, so I mean, you couldn't go way, way back. Right. And um, the three different places that you go, once you moved on from them, you couldn't go back. So, you know, it was not Metroid or Castlevania in that sense. Yeah, and then there was also Shadow Complex that Chair did a few years ago, and that was kind of Metroidvania, but it was still not... Uh, it, it was over way too quick. I was like, really? This is the boss? Yeah, I, I think it's because it they don't want you to get lost so they they like really lead you to where you need to be and then there's maybe 20 percent of the extra stuff that you can go dig for no man if there's not a point in the game where you sit down and think oh my god where the fuck am i then it's not a metroidvania game i'm sorry <laughs> yeah that's pretty much how i feel about it <laughs> 
So yeah, I, I think that's um, mostly what you know. Konami might have some digital surprises because they've been always out front about trying to work with other companies, right? Um, and on the digital front, I think uh, Sega's got that. That's going to be the larger share of what they have to show. Oh, definitely. At PAX East just a few months ago, they actually had a big presence for Sega's digital downloads. So they had Virtua Fighter Five, Final Showdown, Sonic the Hedgehog Four, Episode Two, and uh, Hell Yeah. Of course, yeah. <laughs> which is hilarious, uh, and uh, and of course, uh, Jet Set Radio was yes, uh, which you're going to be able to play on the Vita now too. Yeah, is it is it that very same version of the game, or is it a different? Uh... No, apparently it's it's the same version, just with augmentations for the Vita. Ah, uh, okay. So, uh, and now they've got Double Finds the Cave. So, that's right. Which I would imagine is going to be like a huge crowd, like pushing in to see that game well considering how many how many people gave double fine money just (laughs) giving them money the cave should do well yes that'll be interesting it'll be like an investors meeting next week (laughs) (laughs) except they can't pull out (laughs) yeah that's true so the other company that i was thinking we should talk about because um well we just should because they have a lot of games uh square enix has a huge lineup that they do and, um, you know, of companies that have sort of embraced how fast and, you know, crazy things can change in this industry, I think regardless of how you feel about Square, they've really done a lot to change and evolve and survive, but they haven't given up on what they, you know, that thing that made them Square Enix. That's true. And I think that was a, a good decision for them, because if they just continued going on using Final Fantasy as their main crutch, or uh, milking it, in other words, then I could totally see them ending up in a spot where, like, Sega is now, where right. Sega was really dependent on their bigger franchises for a very long time, and, you know, the the quality of those games seemed to keep dwindling, and the original sparks that made them what they were were kind of lost. And then we saw them, like, get a little bit of, of resurgence when they started with new IPs like uh, Valkyria Chronicles. And it was like, wow, like this yeah. is, it has that classic Sega feeling without being uh, derivative of another Sega game. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like it had that, there was just a certain sense of soul that, oh, absolutely. that I would always get from Sega games as a kid. And it was there again. Um, and, and so it's a good thing that Square didn't, uh, you know, keep on going with just like okay our big thing is final fantasy and and that's all we're going to do and so it's cool that they they had like deus ex human revolution which was awesome yeah. uh i'm really looking forward to sleeping dogs i think that was an amazing thing that yeah they did. i was gonna ask you about that because i i know you were you really liked that game at pax yeah and this is one it was um Hong, or true crime hong kong right and activision didn't want to go forward with it yeah which is <laughs> i guess activision thought you know this game is a little too different from our one game <laughs> we got well it's, it's interesting because square rebranded it and now it's totally their thing yep and it's got some great buzz going for it yeah, it was it was a very smart move for Square and and great for United Front as well because I has I shudder to think like what would have happened to this game if no one came in or what would have happened to United Front if no one came in and saved this game because it would have meant all this work that they had done on this game was just now lost and you know they've done some pretty cool big games in the past like Mod Nation Racers and they're working on Little Big Planet karting now as well but 
like to lose a big game like this would have been terrible. Like I'm sure people would have lost their jobs. Right. Now you cover a lot of iOS stuff um, for your day job, and <laughs> um, there, Square's got a, a huge iOS lineup too. And you start to see a lot of classic franchises emerging there, as opposed to on the big retail front. Right, and it's kind of cool what they're doing there because uh, they, they're also uh, releasing a lot of Taito games. Uh, right. So we see things like Space Invaders uh, uh, series games come out in there. There was a, a Final Fantasy game on iOS not too long ago, and I wish I could remember the name of it. Uh, I, I love that Darius is on iOS. I yeah, I, and it's good, too. Darius Burst, it's hard. Right. It is friggin' hard, but uh, it's good. Now, as far as shooters are concerned, though, I would stick with cave shooters on iOS because they know their shit. And, they, they do. and the controls are so good like it it it's really weird for me to say this and actually vocalize it but the controls on the ios for cave shooters are better than joystick controls wow they're coming from you who loves his fight stick yeah like, but you know cave cave really got out in front on that too and they, they set up over here and they they wanted to do that and they were ahead of everybody yeah. or at least a lot of people on that you know it's weird though cave and square their ios games are friggin' expensive man <laughs> yes uh, i always i see square prices and i'm like wow like it's like 20 bucks for for a game of course it's an rpg i remember dude we would spend like a hundred dollars on a square game for super oh Nintendo, easy so. easy yeah and i mean really like if you think that i bought my playstation one just to play final fantasy 7 i don't even want to think about what that game really <laughs> cost me to play so right uh, yeah, it's Square on the portable front. They've got Kingdom Hearts um, and uh, Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm, which I think is a nice, light, fun way to go for Final Fantasy this year. Yeah, I think that's cool because so many people were like, if you've played a Final Fantasy game, we're so used to uh, that battle mechanic, right? Yeah. And they change it up here and there, but it's more or less the same. But actually, seeing it go in that rhythm direction is really cool, and uh, I'd actually like to see different games bring that in it kind of reminds me a little bit but not quite um like a mashup between maybe elite beat agents and the battle system in uh the paper mario series right because there there were some elements where you needed to time things um like really specifically for like paper mario and the uh, the gamecube version of that yeah so that the two big left hooks from square for me are one quantum conundrum yes and two tomb raider which i think you just you can't ignore that i mean and it seems like okay so they're just making laura more realistic this time around but that game has so much of my attention i love the look of it already and i can't wait to play it because it it looks like it's actually fun and when you when you think of games like uncharted which is it's got a huge following and i personally can't see why because i think they're boring <laughs> games but it, it looks like tomb raider is actually what uncharted would like to be but is too caught up in like polish and fancy stuff yeah it's funny because people keep well it's just you know uncharted with a female protagonist but i mean if if crystal dynamics can capture what i think they want to capture in laura croft this time around i mean That'll put it on a field for me with like Alan Wake with character development. Right, but like, really, how backward is that? That someone would say <laughs> Tomb Raider is just Uncharted with this? Like, come on, really? Well, I know, right? Because Uncharted's just the like the evolution on Tomb Raider, but it, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I really like this idea of Laura Croft, you know, maybe emerging as a character that redeems, you know, because everyone loved Tomb Raider, but they were like, oh my God, this is an embarrassing female protagonist. But, you know, she's kind of fun to like, but there's a lot of embarrassment there too. And sort of embodied what a lot of people like to think of the games industry. Yeah, it was the 90s. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, she can come back and, you know, completely flip that around I, I think that is something that we'll be writing about for a long time i hope i hope that does happen actually yeah the you know ten thousand pound elephant in the room is the only company you know that we know is going to be showing new hardware that's right so nintendo they had the wii u last year but they didn't yep. have any actual games for it and they had a lot of tech demos for what could be game mechanics in there and they were really across the board and i think the real problem was that like, first of all it the wii u as a console itself looked almost exactly like the wii um and then secondly it uh for me anyway it didn't seem to offer anything that couldn't be done by having your 3ds or your ds sync up with the wii itself um to be used as a controller that had a screen and right. especially since we've seen Nintendo do that kind of thing already in the past, like even with the GameCube where you had the Game Boy Advance link cable right. and, uh, you know, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles was a great game where you and your buddies could go and play your Game Boys and have your own inventories on your screens and then see what was going on and fight over who had to carry the lantern and that kind of thing. I don't know if you ever played that game, but it was... I did, actually, and yeah, I, I agree. It was um, it was a pain in the ass to have all that stuff, mm -hmm. but when you did, it was um, it was definitely worth yeah, it. Yeah, or Pac-Man Versus, which is yes. an amazing game where one player as Pac-Man has the full view of the field, and you could look at it on your Game Boy Advance, and then everyone else were ghosts, and they could only see a part of the field on the big TV screen. Then you would change the controller up with the ghost who tagged you and then he would be pac-man and you have to see who can get the most points before the time was up or whatever the point limit was and that was amazing and so when when i saw something like the wii u where the controller has this big screen on it yeah the screen is a lot nicer than the game boy advance screen but it didn't seem like that much of a jump um from that concept where you have the game on the big screen on your television and then you have a little screen where you could do other stuff with you know and yeah and i think the the idea of you know okay well i can take this and play it in bed i mean it was obvious that they're showing ninja gate and running on it on the, the tv you're not going to be able to play that in bed on this little tablet well i don't know if the controls are there and the streaming is good you should be able to to play it but yeah it just seems i it, it seems funny to say this but it seemed very gimmicky especially because there were no actual games like there was no practical application shown it was like one of them was a game where a pirate ship was shooting plungers at you and you had to hold up the screen in front of your face and catch the plunger which is right and it was just ridiculous that said if they have a warioware game for it at launch, <laughs> it's going to be one of the craziest and best games ever for sure see my big thing was um clarity of message because i found it just the whole thing came across very complicated. Yeah. And when you thought back to the Wii, I mean, you could just walk out there and hold that Wii mode up and it just made sense. And, you know, especially to the wide audience that the Wii ended up capturing. Yeah, which I don't think any of us really uh, could have forecasted that, like, grandparents would be playing the Wii 
um, like we bowling in retirement homes. That's <laughs> I think people would like to say they did, but no, I mean, and nobody saw that coming. Yeah. The- and, you know, you can tell even Nintendo's like, okay, how do we keep that ball rolling? Well, if you look at what they did, they've got an especially high uh, bar that they have set for themselves, probably accidentally, really, because although they wanted the Wii to be successful, there's no way they could have known it would have been that successful. So successful to the point where PlayStation and Microsoft had to respond with products of their own right. to try to capture that same market that the Wii basically invented and brought into the game industry. Like these people would have never played a video game before. And so you've got all these new gamers and they're confused because they don't know like, is this a good Wii game? Or, you know, like a lot of people just bought the Wii and got Wii Sports and then whatever other game and Wii Fit and then didn't really do much with it because they weren't really gamers. Now, if they don't come into Wii U graduation right away, um, we know Nintendo hasn't had the greatest track record with third-party support, but what do you think about um, what's sort of been shaping up in some stuff that you're hearing and seeing, that now there'll be games that are across all the consoles, but there'll be kitschy, you know, interesting features with the Wii U that make it you know, a little more interesting or tempting, maybe? Yeah, the thing with that is uh, that that's great. I hope that there is an alternate uh, control like hooking up the classic controller for some of these games because something like Assassin's Creed 3 do you really want to play with your hands right. about three quarters of a foot apart from each other like <laughs> I'm used to smaller controllers like the, the Wii U tablet is pretty small for a tablet but it's not it's not controller sized you know yeah. um, so if there's a, an option where you can just use the classic controller I think that'll be fine like it would have to be something kitschy like it would have to be like a resident evil where your inventory is on the touch screen or right you know something along those lines which is which isn't out of the question because i mean that's basically what we had on the 3ds right right and it works well on the 3ds um but uh yeah and it's it, i think it's something that maybe the other companies will try to address in this in software support for their upcoming titles like maybe they would have something where there's iPad integration where right. like, cause we've seen a lot of the third party publishers come out with apps that are companion apps to their big games. Like the prototype two companion, we've seen Assassin's Creed standalone games, right? Um, the call of duty elite has an app. Um, and I know EA has done a lot of stuff with their sports games where you have that one account where you can, you know, move your stats across different types of games. Yeah, I think Sony's, um, you know, in a good position, too, because they could always, you know, modify the interactivity or keep augmenting it between the Vita and the PlayStation. That's right. Um, And I think Microsoft probably just doesn't care because they're sort of split between turning the thing into a game system and a home entertainment system. Right. And they've got Halo 4, so. Yeah, and maybe some Gears of War. We'll see. Yeah. Which um, I thought we were going to take a break from that, but uh, now I'm thinking maybe not. <laughs> if it keeps making money, there will be no break from anything. I know, but you know, Jamie wants a perfect dark game again one day, and it's just when is that going to happen? I don't know, man. <laughs> and dust off the N64. <laughs> so we'll probably be seeing, or at least hearing about a lot of popular Nintendo franchises. I hope so. What do you think we're going to see? I know we're going to see. Um, new Super Mario Brothers 2 for 3DS, right. for sure. Everybody's frothing over Pikmin right now. Yeah, Pikmin, which I 
I actually don't get because I don't remember there being such a big deal about Pikmin One or Pikmin Two. Uh, for the game. I I really love the Pikmin games. Yeah, but they don't create that kind of like you know if they come out and start talking about Samus making a return where maybe she doesn't talk quite so much. I'm gonna be nuts on that. So I don't. I mean, Pikmin games are beautiful and fun, but there's a lot of games that have since given you that Pikmin fix. Yeah, I, I'm definitely, and and especially stuff on the iOS where, you know, that type of gameplay is really suited for the device. Right. So, and and you know, getting back to the whole touchscreen of the Wii U, maybe that would be like the perfect console to play a Pikmin game on. Yeah, it could be. Uh, so another big game changer I wanted to mention, okay. so I don't, I don't get lynched, is Dust um, Five One Four. Right. Um, because I don't know. Like I keep feeling like maybe a lot of people don't know that this is a triple A shooter from set in the world of Eve, which is that huge online thing that I keep meeting to check out but never have. <laughs> and you're going to be able to play it for free on your PlayStation Three. Yeah, which and it, I think it's if huge. you want to. Yeah, I mean that is free on a console. I that's just a concept that I don't understand why that isn't ringing. And I, I don't know if it's because people think well, a free game is never going to be that good. I don't know. Or they just start thinking of all the catches because obviously you'll be you know there'll be incentives to buy upgrades and stuff so that you're actually spending some capital. Yeah, this is true. Um, but I mean, a free, you can download and play a game for free on your console just blows my mind because this is like the world that Microsoft, you know, would cringe over, right? Definitely. And I think it really shows the impact of, um, the, the iOS platform and Android platform on game developers and also on the PC platform, because there, there are free to play PC games. And we see a lot of them in Facebook where you could play for free and then like, spend a few dollars and unlock gold or diamonds or whatever the hell the currency in the game is. But seeing something like that applied to uh, a console MMO is, is very strange. One in that like it, it doesn't seem to be the audience that would be into that kind of thing. When right. I think of PC gamers, there's so many different types of PC games out there. Like you've got the whole wow thing going on. Like MMOs are a huge thing on PC. Right. So seeing a, a massively multiplayer online game uh, on the console to begin with uh, is strange. But then seeing that it's going to be free, like I guess that's that's the best way to get more people to play it. I don't know. It, it is, but it seems to me too that it's hard. It's somehow harder to market something when you're not charging anything for it. Yeah. Like, are we going to play it? Uh, I, I'm definitely going to check it out. I mean, because I do think it is a game changer and it makes me think of games that failed like APB. Right. You know, if that had been free on a console, like on your Xbox or something, and then you could spend money if you wanted to, maybe, you know, investors would have gotten a little bit of their money back on that one, you know? Who knows? The The industry is so weird right now. I mean, if we can distribute games, you know, or start distributing games for free and then decide about spending money, you know, that maybe opens up really interesting opportunities for indies who I know PlayStation has been showing, you know, a massive interest in. Yeah, a lot of support, which is good because it doesn't seem like they really get it on Xbox. It, it doesn't seem that way. And uh, I know you've been following a lot of indie titles that I hope I'm going to get to check out next week, too. Um, I know you loved Mark of the Ninja. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's amazing. Actually, that is coming to Xbox. So I'm sorry to say, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of take it back. But when you when you see things like Sony having their pub fund initiative where they actually have reps that go out and meet with developers and see games and check them out and give them advice and give them money. Um, that's where they set themselves apart from Microsoft. Of course, there's the whole deal with exclusivity. But uh, yeah, Mark of the Ninja by Clay Entertainment. That is, that's really cool. And of course, they did Shank, which was like the closest anyone has ever come to making a Venture Brothers game. <laughs> um, and Mark the Ninja is just really cool because it's a ninja game where you're actually like a ninja, where you hide and you don't just go in there slicing people to death with your with your swords or you're hitting them with nunchucks or whatever. And it's still difficult because, you know, being a ninja isn't easy. So you have to like climb up things, hide. You got to use sound to your advantage. And uh, the little bit that I played of it at um, at PAX East, it was just so much fun. And it has a great art style. Um, it's got this really cool sketch look to it. Right. Um, where lines are kind of sketched out, but also solid at the same time. I think you'll like it a lot if you get to play it. Yeah, I think so too. Now, another one, speaking of Xbox exclusivity that you got to play at PAX, I think was uh, Super Time Force from Capybara. That's right. Uh, and I'm, I'm definitely hoping I get to get my mitts on that, um, which it looks like a very old school Contra-esque shoot, but it's got Cappy's like, you know, very, I don't know if they would want it to be distinct, but very distinct pixel style. Yeah, well, it's it's difficult saying that with Cappy because uh, Super Brothers had done the art with them for uh, Sword and Sorcery, and to the best of my knowledge, Super Brothers isn't involved in Super Time Force. Right. Um, although, you know, they've been involved with like the PC port of uh, Sorcery, obviously. Um, well, I think it's funny when I say distinct, it's because whenever they do something kind of goofy and off to the side, like a Christmas card. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, that's the pixel style, right? Right, right. And also all their, I think everyone who works there has pixel art of their own mugshot. <laughs> yes. And they all, it's always, it's that very distinct. And I really dig it, the style. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like pixely, but also a little bit critter crunch in there as well. Oh, speaking of Cappy, I mean, we, Sound Shapes is going to be there, and that's going to get Super Brothers and Cappy and Queasy and everybody in there to talk about, right? So that's true. Yeah, they've got a lot of different albums. All the wow. all the levels are split up as different albums with different themes and moods. So I really like. It. I was thinking about it because I was thinking about how um, the game, you know, a lot of the Vic levels, um, they're not going to be called that, but um, they had this really organic feel that reminded me of um you know playstation japan titles like loco roco on the psp yeah um, the style and i was thinking you know very organic and then I, the whole process of how they're making this game is very organic with the different albums from different artists yeah there there is uh, a bit of a pixel junk feel there too yes definitely yeah it's really weird like if you look at the game it is really lo-fi in terms of its graphics Right. So it's weird that it's on the most popular handheld system. <laughs> but you know, it it feels good, it feels fun, so Yeah, I, I think it, it, it is weird in the sense that this is like, you know, they're pushing this as like a high def portable PlayStation, but it makes sense in the traditional 
I think it's filling a void that Sony Japan maybe hasn't been filling. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I'm, so, we need to does get Sony Japan still exist. I don't know, but we need to get all those pixel junk games on the Vita, like at Vita Res. Yes, yes, definitely. The reason I asked about Sony Japan because I'm wondering about things coming from Japan because everyone's wondering if the Last Guardian's going to be there, and I'm thinking not. Man, you know what? I actually hope that it is there. And that it's one of those things where it's here and you could buy it today. <laughs> You're going home with it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's under your seat at the Sony press conference. <laughs> yeah. Oprah delivers the actual whole conference. Okay, so let's try and wrap this up so people can uh, you know, go watch the Canon. Well, I'm not going to post this tonight anyways. But <laughs> what are you most excited about for E3? I'm most excited... And fanboy as it seems, I'm most excited about Nintendo. I want to see some new Nintendo stuff. I want to see some classic uh, franchises with new life in them. I would love to see a new Zelda. I would love to see a new Star Fox. Like, we got Star Fox 64 3D. And oh, see that. That's good. Yeah, that's, I like that. That's a beautiful game. But it was already a beautiful game for Nintendo 64. They just made it prettier, and they made it playable anywhere. Um, and so I dig that. That's one of my favorite 3DS games still. But like, I want to see a new Star Fox where you go out and you, you do cool stuff. You explore space. I want to see a new Metroid and a new Zelda. And uh, yeah, Paper Mario. Let's release <laughs> that damn thing. I can dig that list. How about you? Uh, well, I mean, obviously, the, the, one, the Nintendo thing is um, a huge factor. I'm most looking forward to playing a lot of small games that I think are really cool, like Hell Yeah and uh, Mark of the Ninja and uh, Guacamelee and Quantum Conundrum. And I mean, there's just so many of them Yeah. that I'm looking forward to surviving three days of running around like a lunatic trying to play them all 20 times. Well, uh I'm happy that I'll be helping you hold down the fort at least a little bit, and I hope everything goes well for you and that you oh, survive. I appreciate that. <laughs> and I know you wanted to actually talk about donuts tonight. So before <laughs> we go, I will say that I'm also looking forward to the fact that LA has Dunkin' Donuts. There you go. Which is always a good time. It's a good, it's a good breakfast. I recommend the egg and spinach uh, omelet, egg white omelet. Yeah. I'll have to give that a try. Yeah, you get a, a coffee, you get a donut, you get that uh, egg white and spinach omelet on a bun, and you're good to go. You're good to go to like five o'clock, and you have to eat. You have to take a break to eat something, man. You do, you do. You know, you get playing games and you're running around and you forget to eat, and then you fall over at six o'clock. Yeah. Okay, sugar fiends. That is our uh, pre E3 take. Uh, meandering um, gathering of audio. <laughs> so um, Sean will actually be helping a bit, um, keeping us apprised of Nintendo things as they come out. And I will, of course, be reporting from the show floor. And uh, I guess that's all we got. Uh, so take a bow, Sean. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, yeah, very excited for these next few days. And uh, yeah, I think I'll be having a lot of coffee. Yeah, me too. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot for. Uh, doing this for us yeah thanks for having me and uh, right. take care everybody see you on the site